The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. That's why it says you have the privilege to suffer because you have an opportunity to experience the life of Jesus in you in a way that you wouldn't otherwise have had because he's with us in our brokenness and now we can shine ever brighter for him. Fresh start to the new year as you join us now for First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our guest is Gerard Long, who will give testimony to the love and grace of the Lord, even in the midst of life's sufferings. You'll hear Gerard's story in a moment. These conversations are meant to encourage you in your daily faith as they tell the stories of people who are giving their lives to the Lord and learning to follow Him in a unique calling. If you're not a regular listener, you may want to go back through our online and podcast archive to review previous interviews from people from all walks of life. You'll find us online at firstpersoninterview.com. Gerard Long and his wife Jeannie know about life's sorrows. They have been broken time and again, but have always come back to the goodness of Jesus Christ as their rock. We've told their story here on First Person in the past, but it's not over, and Gerard has now written about it in his book, Living Hope. We thought this would be the best way to begin a new, uncertain year as we move into 2022. We connected online to his home in Britain, and Gerard started recounting his family story. Well, it was 2005, and um, I I should just preface this, but the end of 2004, I'd I'd said to my wife, Jeannie, does life get any better than this? We we had an amazing marriage, great walk with God, and wonderful church. We were seeing people come to Christ in in our home. Um, had a, a great job. And I, I said to her, does it get any better than this? And then shortly after that, uh, it was really like a Job-type scenario because everything yeah. started to go wrong. And we got to the bottom of the of the valley, so to speak, at the end of 2005. And the, uh, November the 8th, our youngest son, Alex, uh, unbelievably um, committed suicide. Mm. And our world just completely fell apart. And Jeannie went from shock to horror to anger uh, and, and then to hatred because she, she, couldn't, uh, she couldn't understand how a loving God would be. We've been trying to serve for 24 years, first in the UK, then in the US as well, could have allowed this terrible thing to happen in our lives. And, and she lost her faith for two, two years. Yeah, I remember very well. We were all praying for Jeannie. It was a, it was a tough, tough time for her and for you to watch this happen. Yes, and, and our marriage literally hung by a thread. And uh, I, it was in that time that I, I used to go in the middle of the night down to my study and literally I used to cry until I had no more tears left to, to, to shed. And, but, but, I, but God did something very, very deep in my heart in that time which helped me to journey on. He gave me three epiphanies, basically. And maybe we'll come on to that a, a bit later in the okay. conversation. But they, right. they helped me to journey on. And um, I, I realized that God was sustaining me, that, that the presence of God in those times of brokenness was, was unreal. It was otherworldly. And he filled my heart with his love through, through his Holy Spirit. And I was able to keep loving my wife, Jeannie, and bit by bit, she started to come out uh, of her darkness. Um, but there was more, more grief uh, yeah. to come. Yeah. 
my my sister died short, shortly after Alex had passed. She she also died of, of cancer. A few years later, my brother died of cancer. A nephew died in a in a car accident, um, and then unbelievably, at the end of eight years eight years after Alex, my beautiful daughter Rebecca um, died in a tragic accident. And we were we were thrust once more into this terrible darkness of grief and pain and suffering. It's unimaginable. Um, you lived through it. The Lord sustained you, even though it was very, very difficult, I know. But yes. you talked about those epiphanies. What were they? One time, I remember, it was so, so real to me. I, w- I was to go put my, my head down in, to, to, between my knees, and I used to just cry and sob. And I, I, this particular, uh, it was early morning, it was at 2 a.m. in the morning, I felt an arm around me. Uh, it was so real that I looked up to see who was there. But there was no, no one physically there. And I realized very quickly through the, through the Holy Spirit, I was very aware of Jesus putting his arm around me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really spoke to me was, was that he was weeping with me. And... It came home to me very clearly, Wayne, that uh, I realized that God sees every bit of suffering that we're all going through in this, on this planet, every bit of it, and his heart breaks with us. He's there, he's there with us, and his heart breaks. Now, the next obvious question people have after that is, why doesn't God, if he's all-powerful, why doesn't he stop? And it's an age-old question that people ask. Why doesn't he stop all the suffering? And that's a fair question. It's a good question. And I, I certainly, in my, my brokenness, I, I, there was a short period when I said, why, Lord, why? Why, why have you allowed this to happen? And what I, what I realized, I'm, I, I know that we're in a broken world, um, yes, but I know God also is sovereign. And I realized that there is going to be a day when he does bring it to an end. Um, as, a, as a Christian, Jesus, I believe, Jesus is going to come back, and there's going to be another age when there's no more death or mourning or crying or pain. That'll all be past. But in this slither of time, if you like, is an opportunity every day for more people to come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, to come back to the Father and to be with him for eternity. And we're told in in 2 Peter 3 verse 9 uh, that that, uh, God's not slow concerning his promise, in other words, the promise of Jesus coming back, but patient with us, not, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And I realize here's the paradox that on the one hand, every day God's heart is broken. But on the other hand, he gives humankind more time to receive Jesus and come into relationship with him for eternity. And so I got, I got it. I, I, I understood this, this, this great pain that God's going through, really, and the fact that he's with me in my pain and he feels my pain with me. So that was the first epiphany. Shortly after that, I, I also got an epiphany for the eternal perspective. Now, as Christians, we talk about heaven, but if we're honest, many of us don't really understand. Well, what it's hard to wrap like. our minds around that, isn't it? Yeah. it? It is hard to wrap our minds. It absolutely is. But it came home. Epiphany is something that is life-changing. It's, it's, it's something that comes to you that's absolutely a life-changing. It dropped so deep into my soul. I became so aware that what Scripture says this life is a breath. I came to, to realize that relative to eternity, it, it is a breath. It's very, very short. And God sort of opened my eyes to realize that 
Rebecca and Alex, they're in heaven now. They're not, they're not dead. They're more alive than we are. And I came to realize that what God was asking us to go through, Ginny and me, was, yes, every day to take up our cross because it is painful. But he's asking us to say, no, would, would you give over your pain to me and allow, allow me to turn it around for good? If you go to, to an airport, the departure lounge, there's a lot of tears. Mm. And in a sense, we're in that season of tears. Yeah. We miss them. Every day we miss them. Uh, Rebecca was, was uh, 32 years old. Alex was 17. You know, they were, they were in their prime, really. But then if you go to the arrivals lounge, there's a lot of joy. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I envisage that moment when we are together in heaven. First, of course, we're going to be greeting Jesus and seeing him, and he'll be greeting us. <laughs> but then we're going to see our loved ones. Yeah. Who are we're already there. Beautiful. And so we heard in Scripture, you know, that our current sufferings aren't worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. Yeah. And so that, we're coming on to hope a bit here, <laughs> that gave me some terrific hope and helped me to journey through this, this pain that we were going through. And then the third epiphany was of God's grace. And again, it's one of those big subjects in Christendom. We talk about God's grace. Well, what, what does it mean, God's grace? Well, Saving grace, we understand, is through Jesus dying on the cross, his blood being shed, that he took our place, took the punishment we deserved, and made a way for us to have our sins forgiven and to come into a relationship with God for eternity. That's saving grace. But he actually gave us his life, his body. It says, my body was broken for you. And I came to understand that actually grace is the life of Jesus made known to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And John 1614, Jesus says, he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And so what, what God was giving me was what I needed to journey on through this terrible pain. Not knowing that there was even more pain to come, and we'll tell that part of the story here in just a moment. But I want to pause, Gerard, and, and, and say to our listeners, this is, this is the conversation I wanted to have at this particular time as we are on the threshold of a brand new year Looking back on perhaps what has been a very difficult year and two years and more for many people, not just with COVID, but with other suffering as well, but to hear a perspective that uh, gives us all hope, and we're going to be talking about that as we continue, but just before we break, um, tell me about Jeannie, and she, she's, she, her faith has been restored, right? That's, that's part yes. of the joy that you yes. have uh, together yes. as a couple now. Yes. So let me tell you, so I, I mentioned about Rebecca passing, what Jeannie was not going to continue. She she couldn't. She was now thrust down into the depths of despair once more. And she was going to take her life. And she went up to Rebecca's room and she wasn't going to come out. But as she went into Rebecca's room, the presence of God came in a in a very tangible way. She didn't see a physical being, but the, there was light. And she said the air filled with joy and with love. Um, and it was so powerful. And God spoke many things to her. But she was transformed in that moment. She came downstairs. She'd gone up a shell. She was just not there anymore. She came down and her face literally was, was glowing. Her, her eyes were sparkling. And I jumped up and I said, Jeannie, what has happened to you? And she explained this encounter. And when that was the only thing that was going to rescue her at that time was the very presence of God. And he did. He rescued her. And so we journeyed on since then. It's a dramatic story, and Gerard Long will continue to tell it as you stay with us now here on First Person. 
I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Gerard Long, who is the author of Living Hope, Awakening to Faith, Peace, and Purpose in Tough Times. And I'm glad that Gerard could join us today from his home in the UK via our online conversation here. We'll get to the hope part of this whole conversation. You've given us a lot already, Gerard, but we've talked about the grief that you and your family have suffered, the loss of uh, both a son and a daughter. Uh, Tragically, um, Jeannie's loss of faith restored in grace by God. But the story's not finished yet because here you are, you're getting back on your feet again emotionally, and then what happens? We, 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 we launch, we launch a, a ministry called Awakening to God Ministries. One of the things that God said to Jeannie in the room is, your grief is not your own. Very profound words. And we, there's a scripture that says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4, the God of comfort will comfort you in all your, all, all your troubles, that you can comfort others who are in any trouble with the comfort you yourself have received. And so we realized that God had put into our hands, one, a gift of empathy, the ability to understand when people are going through pain, but also the ability to be able to share how he's taken us through our journey so that we can share with anybody whatever they're going through all around the world. There is a God who cares, and there is a God who's got grace for you to enable you to journey on and to comfort you, to restore you, and then to lead you into triumph, and like he did with Joseph. Mm. Um, and, And that means turning the worst things in our lives for good to be able to help other people. Yeah. You're prepared and you're ministering this message to people and suddenly there's a, that's something to happen to you personally. Yes. Tell me that story. So on the 26th of October, uh, 2019, nearly two years, uh, yeah, over two years ago now, uh, I, I'd gone out at 1am in the morning to a friend's house because I wanted to watch the Rugby World Cup semi-final between England <laughs> and New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, you and my many UK friends uh, seem to have that on your mind, uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't be speaking with you today because uh, two minutes into the game, England scored a try. The rush of adrenaline did something to some plaque, hidden plaque, which I hadn't realized was building up in my LAD, which is known as the Widowmaker. And it caused it to block 100%. Mm. And my wife, and my, my heart stopped beating and my breathing stopped. Now, there was a young guy who I was mentoring and another young guy. And the, the, the guy I was mentoring had this sort of download that he needed to pump my heart for 30, 30 times and then do mouth to mouth. He'd never done CPR in his life. He didn't know how to do it. He was never trained. He didn't know how to do it. He just thought, oh, I've got to pump his heart for 30, 30 times. And that, that saved my life just there. And so then they called down there with the, the wife of my friend who was upstairs sleeping. She was a former nurse. She came down. They said, can you take a look? She took, they, she took my vitals. There was nothing there. And she said, I'm so sorry. Mm. He's gone. At which stage these two guys wouldn't accept it. And, and one of them started shouting at me, Gerard, no, come back. Come back, Gerard, like this. And, and the other one was pumping away, <laughs> getting exhausted. <laughs> anyway, the first responders arrived 10 minutes later, and they went for another 20 minutes. Wow. 
They gave me six or seven electric shocks to the heart. They were on the point of saying, look, we've done everything we can. Six, only 6% 6 of everyone who has a cardiac arrest outside of a hospital survives. Only six out of 100. And of those who survive, 90% have terrible brain damage because of the lack mm -hmm. of oxygen to the, to, the, to the brain and other vital organs. So anyway, the two boys said, no, carry on. So they, they gave, it, gave one more electric shock and they, they found a heartbeat. And uh, and then they they rushed me to the UCLA hospital and re fully revived me. And I came round. I, I was unaware of all of this. <laughs> I just came round. I was in the ICU, and uh, and they told me all that had happened. And the medics have said this is just a miracle. Well, you've been through so much. It's just unbelievable. And yet God has has sustained you. Yes, yes, He has. How how can a person like you who have, you've suffered such immense grief and suffering how can you write about hope tell me that part of your story well it it, it it's I, I i can see beyond the, the here and now i can think that's one of the thick keys of of christian hope is that you're looking through the eyes of faith and the eyes of faith is seeing more than just the here and now We're, we are all part of a bigger story and so often we don't realize the bigger story and I, I believe 100% that God is sovereign, that he's over all things. And I believe that he loves me desperately. And if things, bad things have happened in my life, I have to believe, like I read in scripture, that he's permitted it. He never caught, God never causes evil. We never would never say that. But we see in scripture with Joseph, with David, with Job. In fact, everybody God used <laughs> went through hard times. They went through suffering, the apostle Paul. Of course, at the center of our Christian faith is Jesus himself tortured to death in front of his mother. I mean, unbelievably grotesque and painful. And yet, what did God do with that? He made a way for the world to be, to be saved. And that's, I came to see, that, okay, God, God, not only is he with me in this, but actually he's going to turn it around for good. Now, that started to give me purpose. Now, one of the things I realized is purpose is the friend of hope. And hope is is the uh, 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 is the lamp of the soul mm. so it's frankel who's who wrote about he was in Auschwitz and he realized the ones people who were surviving out of that concentration camp were the people who realized they still have a, had a purpose in life despite all their suffering they had something to offer other people and when we go through hard times god is does something deep inside of us he gives us something of jesus of his life and ultimately as christians we're called to be witnesses to Jesus Christ. So with, in my case, I'm able to tell people this is true and God saw me through and I can tell you he can see you through that. And then I can also point to eternity again and again. For over 100 times in the New Testament, God talks about eternal rewards. Now, they're not selfish rewards. That, those are things that we can do in heaven to serve God and please God. Over 100 times, Jesus said, build up for yourselves treasure in heaven. What does that mean? Well, I believe it's being faithful to the things he's called us to in our short time on earth, and the rewards are eternal. So when you see that, see that in the context of eternity, everything flips. So then you, then you can make sense of, of quotes from people like the Apostle Paul and Peter, who all spoke about the privilege. In fact, in, in Philippians 1.29, it says, you've been given the privilege not only to believe in Christ, the privilege to suffer for him. The fellowship <laughs> of his sufferings, right. He talks about the fellowship of his sufferings as well. 
Uh, and consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you go through many trials. Now, to the natural mind, that makes no, no. sense at all. No, no. You have to see that through the eyes of faith to yeah. say, my flesh doesn't like this. Of course it doesn't like it. But there's a bigger story going on here. Yeah. And now I start to have, my life's got purpose now. Okay, God, what are you doing in this through me to help other people, mm. to be his hands and feet? Well, let's, let's apply this to the uncertainty of a new year before us. None of us yeah. know what's around the corner. You yes. didn't know what was going to happen to your family when you first moved to the U.S. with brimming with excitement about the ministry God had called you to, and yet you've been through so much. Let's look ahead into this new year. Yes. People are listening right now, perhaps who have had some measure of suffering, perhaps less, perhaps more than what you've had in in the last year, and they're looking ahead to this new year. What What is your message of hope to us, Gerard? So I, I would say, um, first of all, God is with you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you received him, God is with you, and he's promised he'll never leave you or forsake you. There's another scripture that says, if God is with you, who can be against you? <laughs> so if you know that God desperately loves you, and he does, and he's with you, you can trust him that he's got your future in his, ha- in his hands. And he's not going to let anything happen to you outside of his perfect will. Now, if you choose to go and do something stupid, that's, that's your decision. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about everyday life, just living out your life. You don't have to fear. There's nothing to fear because God's with you and he's over your life. That's the first thing I want to say about hope. The second thing is he's promised to equip us with everything we need to do his will. That's in Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. He's promised to equip us. That comes through grace. So if I find I'm going through hard times, one of the scriptures I'd love to be able to pass on, which is one of my favorites, Hebrews 4, 16. I applied it in my darkest times. where We go boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. So if you are finding you're struggling, it could be in a relationship. It could be with health. It could be with your finances. It could be through grief, the loss of a loved one. What should we do? We should turn our pain over to God, go to him. And yes, it's involved weeping. Don't be afraid of tears because that's, we're more human when we cry. Guys particularly hear this because our, we tend to bottle things up. Go to that throne of Christ. Offload your pain and, and your suffering onto God and say, I just used to say, God, help me. Help me. Fill me with your love because I know I can't get through without your love. Fill me with your strength because I was working. Give me strength for the day. Give me wisdom. Give me all the things that I need to do the things that I know will please you, which is to love and then to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Yeah, That's his promise. And what a tremendous promise it is as we stand on the threshold of a new year. You've been listening to Gerard Long, the author of Living Hope, Awakening to Faith, Peace, and Purpose in Tough Times. We'll place links to this book at firstpersoninterview.com. But my thanks to Gerard for taking time to join us and to remind us of God's promises in the midst of life's trials. I'd also like to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for their support of First Person, allowing us to find and bring you these stories each week. FEBC's extensive broadcast ministry has seen remarkable results in terms of people of many cultures turning to Christ and learning His Word. Your support of FEBC is vital. Learn more by listening to Until All Have Heard, a podcast at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Happy New Year from First Person. First Person.